0: Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and we have a heck of a show for you. We are talking that FC Cincinnati draw against New England Revolution. Two teams at the top of the Supporter Shield race meet, and they leave nothing between them. It is one-to-one in that one. Just an awesome game. We've got FCC headlines. We talk about the game. We talk about big picture implications on up and down the table on this one. FCC gets a road draw against the number one team in the league? Well, that's going to be your postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more, we've got the usual Monday crew. We've got Grayson. We've got the Chief. And we've got Jonah. Uh, Jonah, I don't have a, a clever intro this this week. I don't know what I have for you. <laughs> I guess
1: how does it how does it feel to be the first person that we know of that has had a creation of his band from Stadium Crowns?
0: <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were allowed to talk about this.
2: there's no rules anymore folks there's no rules anymore
0: uh yeah if people were probably wondering why there was a uh i'll say it an absurd lack of opie talk in the last episode i'll I'll tell you we were nervous i was nervous man the club the club's not a fan of opie
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a personal request from gary (laughs) I got to listen to him. He feels threatened, understandably, especially after Opie yeah. got a little taller, got a little more fit.
0: Uh, especially, his legs. After
3: we so, especially after we so painstakingly explained that you know, they're extremely different. Yes. There's no likelihood of confusion, <laughs> and it's clearly a parody. <laughs> I orange line. Is there
1: anything more on brand for Opie than just not being allowed into games for a team he so clearly loves to watch.
2: <laughs> He's just going to go further towards the bottle. So, <laughs> that's what we're going to do.
0: The club should know anything that happens from here on out to Opie is kind of their fault. So, have that way on their conscience. Uh, yeah, I like we- the idea of opie being like the ghost of uh, fcc past and gary is the ghost of fcc present and we need a we need another one uh we need that whipped <laughs> up please it's very easy but we need a we need a, a ghost of fcc future <laughs> yeah they made a
3: they made a netflix show about uh what's gonna happen to opie after this and it's called three spoons why <laughs> oh no!
1: That's just sad. Is all this is?
2: I think the future Opie looks like, or not future Opie, but fu- well, whatever you want to call it, the yeah. future Orange Lion looks a lot more like Orlando's freakishly jacked, <laughs> dreadlocked one. Yes, you know, kind of. Well, he already kind of looks like a navi. Um, yes. So it only makes sense that in the future he'll be he'll be a more pretty, I mean, dreadlocked version. Is
1: is future. Lion, is it maybe a lion who has won an MLS Cup, is on top of the world, and just doesn't care anymore? He's going to let everyone know just how excited he is.
2: Maybe yeah, he's sitting he's... on a
1: park bench somewhere with no <laughs> pants on.
2: I was going to say he's got a tail in the front.
1: <laughs> no, that's his tail. It's just on the front. He's
2: uh, so evolved.
0: <laughs> do, you guys,
3: do you guys remember Coney twenty twelve? Oh yeah, (laughs) you do like Opie twenty twelve, and he's having the same like meltdown that that guy had, like on a corner in (laughs) San Diego. Not only do we
2: remember Coney
3: twenty
1: twelve, there was like a Coney twenty twelve banner banner in the yeah, we got a Coney banner.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's a cheese Coney. I don't know if it's been put up this year, but it's it's up there. Uh, Yeah, Opie ruffled some feathers, which I guess is good. Some people hit you with the classic, "I don't get it," and as always, folks. If you if you if you think you don't get it, realize there's nothing to get. You yeah. get it. You got the whole thing, man. Uh you figured it out. There's not a hidden thing. He's just out there. And this isn't the end of Opie. This is just the beginning. He was in the <laughs> stadium, got that great shout-out. Did you guys talk about the shout-out? We I did not, not talk that. about oh. the no, shout-out. Yeah, Mike Watts and uh I'm sorry, I don't know her name, his um his color, color commentator, commentator said, <laughs> said uh, her favorite. I mean you can't You can't make someone say that. They just that comes from the heart. So (laughs) shout out to that. Uh, Yeah, It's a woman who's
1: looked deep into Opie's soul and has loved what she saw.
2: (laughs) She wants to fix him. Unlike the club. Uh, But yeah, just enjoy it, folks. It's not the last of them, but yeah, soccer.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I mean. I don't know how to move on from wait, a, wait, wait. In
3: Casey a lot of White. ways I can't. Oh, we're not moving C- on. Casey Side. White. That's her name.
0: C- Casey White. Okay, I feel like good. she
2: deserved to be to be mentioned.
0: She did deserve Shout to be mentioned. Shout out to you,
2: Casey. Future guest of the posts.
0: <laughs> we, cast. we certainly have an in now if there was ever <laughs> an ever and in. Hey, you wondering why you said that? Come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just
2: think I really was.
0: <laughs> it's well,
3: very, i'm very excited for a second uh woman
2: <laughs> guest. We, we're, we're nothing
0: if not diverse here
2: grayson <laughs> well, even klr had one and that was our only guest <laughs> <laughs> to be fair we, we've we've already had two there
1: you go
0: We'll have Liz on, too, just to twist the knife for you. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, we, we we will somehow have to move on from Opie here. Um, and in a lot of ways, we won't. But no, we've, we've got to talk about this New England Revolution match. This was a, uh, a heavyweight uh, title fight coming into this one. The top two teams in the Shield standing tied on points going into this one. FCC on the road, which has been uh, suboptimal so far this year, despite being being at the top of the table there, uh, or at least towards the top of the table, and um, yeah, Jonah, I'm sure the, oh, uh, the the newsrooms across America could not stop writing about this one.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not impressed with the newsrooms across America. I got to be honest after uh. I, what I collected. <laughs> uh, but the a talking point, of course, we saw the pictures from training. Who was there? Yeah. Our man, my favorite, uh, Brenner D'Souza as Pat Brennan only cause him <laughs> like i will say his full name and i will always say his full name uh he, he was all smiles Silva. there you go sorry the fool um his christian name so you had a thought his extremely christian his name yeah <laughs> his jewish name you had a thought you might see him on the plane you might see him on the pine i didn't really have that thought but you might have that thought um But actually, no. And I saw this. This was in The Hollywood Reporter. They made a movie about what Brenner was doing Saturday night. Why is that? Why is a movie in the, the Hollywood Reporter? Well, I'm just getting them all twisted together. Guys, you see this movie? Uh, <laughs> Blame it on got, the teleprompter. Yeah, they made a movie about what Brenner was doing Saturday night. The girl with the dragon tattoo. That's one of my worst ones ever. Sorry. <laughs> That's what he was doing because he definitely wasn't playing soccer. Was I the only one who <laughs> I might see Brenner? Is that a crazy idea or what would you guys think? Huh? We, we, we
0: uh, before the game we had talked uh, me and Chief thought we might see him on the bench maybe a super sub appearance and Grayson Grayson was kind enough to inform us that uh, that was the correct assumption but that Grayson did not think that was going to happen
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> another so. another one you want I'm saying he was sleeping with a girl with a dragon tattoo guys <laughs> you're not going to find this guy
0: <laughs>
1: kind of uh,
2: content anywhere I else I mean who isn't <laughs> no, so Grayson's right on this, and you guys were wrong. So he agreed yeah. that you guys were right, but he it, knew it. It
1: always seemed like the most likely outcome that if there's a game Brenner, if there's a reason for Brenner not to play going forward, he will not play. So, I mean, there's any number of things that wouldn't surprise me to find out that oh, they don't want him playing on turf between now and when he goes uh, abroad, or it may be that he won't be traveling with the team on the road during his time here, whatever. I'm sure we'll find out as soon as his agent starts working the DM channels and Brenner's narrative gets out there in the manner that it usually does. But no, he should have been available. He trained on Friday. They didn't say that there was a medical reason that I heard for him not to be there. He just wasn't there.
3: <laughs> right. I mean, he it sounded like he didn't participate fully on Friday, but he participated enough to be on their winning, you know, take a picture
2: like the winning small sided team. Maybe he thought that so was like, the game. He's like, "What, guys, we already played the game. He watched the movie Alive. He was like, I will not be traveling via plane anymore. I'll I mean, he's taking like, a slow boat to Italy. <laughs>
3: he has been playing like the game of like him versus his teammates for a while. So he might think that that's just that's just it. Yeah, it's he's at win- an MVP he's level? Now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, would
1: imagine that he's now suddenly discovered how to speak English and is only referring to himself in the third person since he signed a deal over in Italy. Brenner does not play on turf. Brenner will remain here.
0: <laughs> I, I saw some people compare this move to, uh, there, there's another uh, high-profile player sitting out in uh, in England there, João, uh, João Plato, I think, sitting out for Watford before his move to a Premier League club that I cannot remember, one of Brentford or Brighton next year. Uh, the thing is, Watford, he'll have missed... Two games, the last two games of the season. Watford is firmly in the middle of the championship. They are neither competing for promotion nor fighting relegation. And uh, one of those days, he was out for a uh, a medical, and the other one is just the last game of the year, where a lot of teams in Watford's position would generally run out an academy team. So. I, uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to say that's a dumb excuse. I just want to be clear that this is not normal. I just want to make sure that that is, that is said during all of this a couple of times.
2: Whoever said that Kevin hates you. And so now, now I do too. I don't know who you are. <laughs> dumb comparison. It was,
1: uh, it
0: was Joe I Biden. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, I don't know who said it and I don't need to know who said it. <laughs> so dumb. Um... um I don't have any. I didn't find anything about. Has anybody got anything about mascara scoring a goal? Because I do. not want to skip to my negative ones because I'm excited <laughs> about our Lord and Savior.
3: I do. I found one on BroadwayWorld.com. <laughs> <How>? oh. <laughs> <laughs> Always dancing through life, FCC's wonderful wizard center back, Yerson Maz Kara, <laughs> defied gravity to Fierro, a wicked header, and ensure he will be popular with fans for good.
1: Wow. <laughs> you know, the inspirational goal from Yursen really brought out the best from Broadway World.
0: <laughs> they start getting a couple of clicks from Cincinnati after an FCC game. And before you know it, the editors want them to do nothing but.
2: <laughs> They've been typecasted. <laughs> Pun intended. I like the-, <laughs> the announcers got the full mascara. You could tell they were like experienced, you know. You, they all have the anecdotes when they get an FCC game and they say the talking points. But we don't know how much they're actually watching. They're like, "Mascaro's been a good signing." Like, Kalen Carr, how much FC you've been watching? Like, I'm not saying he hasn't, but. <gasps> Then you see him, and they're like, Mascara's really got his fingerprints all over this game. Like, he's a wrecking <laughs> ball. And I'm like, yeah, welcome. <laughs> he's fucking, he's ending careers. He's scoring goals. He's trying to juggle clearances. Yeah, he um, really takes over missed. games yeah. like, uh,
3: like Adina Menzel takes over the stage. <laughs> That's hey. what everybody's been saying. Everybody's <laughs> been <laughs>
2: saying. Um, but, good yeah,
1: goal. really good goal. Yeah. Um, what It sort of happened in slow motion watching it, just with the flick on towards the far post from the near post. Pretty cool. I don't it, know. A set, a rare set-piece opportunity turned into a goal. That's how good Yuris Mascara is, <laughs> is that he can actually score goals off set-pieces with FC Cincinnati. I was
0: going to say, it, it needs to be said that it was uh, Alvaro Barrial uh, taking that corner, the rare non-Lucho corner, and results in a uh, a goal there. So maybe something Noonan and company can take into consideration going forward that maybe Lucha doesn't need to be the corner kick taker on every single attempt on both sides of the field. Or Um, Actually,
3: uh, Noonan did talk about that I'm not sitting up a headline. No one <laughs> talk about that in the in the post game press conference okay, um, about about. And, and I don't. I think you know he was just generally complimentary um, about Bariel's kicks, and I think kind of demurred when offered the opportunity to um, criticize Lucho or explain or like declare that Bariel's better than Lucho. But I do want to point out that this is the. First press conference of the season, I think that they just put up on the website, and it is the one when the uh, when Noonan made very personal attacks at the referee. <laughs> he was like this asshole smiling. He's just fucking up the whole game, and he's looking at players, just walking up to them and smiling and laughing. And the players are taking it seriously. It's crazy. Like I was like, man, you
2: are going. After this guy So not calling <laughs> yellows and then looking at us after he doesn't call a yellow, it's like,
1: it's like Pat,
2: Pat, we're gonna put this one online. Calm <laughs> down, <laughs> we're giving you the uh, interrogation lighting. It was like mood lighting, and it's like, well, you know, maybe they decided he's gonna is. get fined anyway, so they might as
3: well
1: just put get it out the whole there, thing out there. Yeah, I appreciate I, it. I do want to point <clears> out though that I, I don't know that I'm alone in this conspiracy theory, but. It feels like last year after he went after that ref in the NYCFC game and called him unprofessional in the post game conference. Mm-hmm. It feels like we went about a month and a half or 2 months where we just got heinously fucked on every 50-50 call. So, yeah. I'm not eager to to run that back in terms of oh, awful ch- officiating as a result of pro having a little uh quiet quitting on our <laughs> matches. Yeah.
0: Chief, I'll I'll go one step further and say that that run of, uh, let's call it bad luck with referee decisions ended when Noonan issued a very delayed apology to the, uh, to the referees. I don't know if you remember that, but he basically went back about a month later and said he apologized for the comments he made after that game. And suddenly the 50, 50 chances were a little more 50, 50. So
1: cool. Neat. All I'm saying is maybe not, maybe this wasn't the press conference to to publish out to a wider yeah. audience. It did <laughs>
2: seem that whoever, I don't know, who is it pro, the people who do the VAR were, were like yeah, that, the head referee said it, you know, <laughs> make it a clear. It's like yeah, we sent it down. We did our part and then the ref <laughs> said no. Yeah. That's audio they should they should release that exchange.
1: It'd be great. Like, like, I am sure like they have, it, have it, it recorded.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean like, it was Christina down. Uncle goes on Twitter and says penalty uh Pharrell reaches in full contact through Acosta, left leg, no contact with the ball, proper VAR recommendation. And then this part is doing a lot of work. Referee decided otherwise. So <laughs> sure. it doesn't it doesn't sound like the uh the intelligentsia, the rep intelligentsia was in agreement with his decision. But the problem is, is it's it's now no longer about the propriety of the decision. Now it's about well, Noonan should have just been the bigger man, taken it. Uh, on the chin because occasionally calls go wrong. But now that you've insulted the profession and insulted this man, now we have to close ranks around him.
2: Yeah. Did you see this Relatedly in Time Life Magazine It's back Could have been a pothole Referee claims bullet through Kennedy head Not necessarily cause of brain explosion So (laughs) While there was contact from the bullet He still wasn't enough To convict Uh, I saw uh, another uh, ref Related headline It was uh,
3: Barial thought he made a cold play But the ref clocks it as all yellow (laughs) That was in the, uh, that was in the Whitesburg, Kentucky mountain (laughs) Eagle. Um, and uh, it also noted that if, if Bariel had not gotten a yellow this game, he would have dropped one off of his, uh, record for the season. God damn it. Instead, instead he's one away from a suspension.
1: (laughs)
2: Great. Neat.
1: (laughs) It's, do a uh, good, good thing we, we don't have the refs gunning for us in the next game. No, no. <laughs>
2: do we think that the 50-50-ish PK, whether it was in the box or not, had anything to do with him like being weary of giving a second penalty? Do they think that far in advance? I don't know. They absolutely do.
1: Like, they absolutely do. Chief
2: says yes. There was, you,
1: yeah. Well, before we get too far into that, there was a headline I saw about that Please. first. Uh, penalty. Um, This was in the uh, famous Idaho potato. My bad. I thought the P stood for poor. Lucho Acosta explains how translation mix up led to awful PK. Um,
3: I saw another headline about about (laughs) Lucho's penalty as well. Um, This is in the Pittsburgh Union Progress, which Mm -hmm. is a website being run currently by striking workers uh, employed by the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And they're covering FC Cincinnati. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're not taking, it's they're like not, you know, anti- sitting down. Pittsburgh thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Acosta feels like downcast dog after keeper stretches to save athleisurely taken penalty, leaving fans asking, Lucho, Lucho Lemon? <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> hey, but if he dives the other way, Hey, that's a, that's a great, great baby. penalty. <laughs> think no, that. it would still be, it would
1: still be a terrible penalty. Like no matter which way the keeper dives, that's, you can't possibly hit a penalty worse than that. It's directly at whatever height your average goalkeeper dives at. It was at that height, like whatever direction he dives in. It's it was close to him. Yeah. yeah, it was close to him. You'd have been better off just kicking it straight down the middle and not aiming at anything. He any
2: had a worse one last year. In his defense, <laughs> in his defense, he actually had a, he kicked it to the left, and he kicked it on the, the ground. ground, yeah, much slower. And it was like, <laughs> did he? Was that an accident? <laughs> but uh, otherwise, I would agree. And also, like he could blast it so easily in the corner with like yeah. such little effort that PKs are just a weird thing in general. But the fact that there's so many people who can be so good at other parts of their I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum, his free kicks, but yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. But I'm ready for I mean, I think Barrial would be a good PK t- taker. I mean, obviously we all want Vasquez to take it, get his numbers up, get some goals somehow. But uh you know, I, I think Barrial would be a good candidate for it. I mean,
3: he kicks with some power and
0: yeah. ride the hot hand and santos takes him until he until he slows down i mean let let
3: mosquera take him i don't care
1: (laughs) yeah i mean what can't this man do
0: (laughs) i'd say anybody on loan should be disqualified but i will make (laughs) an exception
1: (laughs) Why, why, why does he keep why has no one asked him why lucho keeps taking pk's
0: I, it needs to be asked. He's really you bad at that. You know, you just but don't want great. to
2: upset him, I think, probably is the top reason. It's that's like kind, he's too that's important. That's got to be it, right? It's in his like, contract. Like, he has to take PKs yeah. when he's here. Yeah. I mean, it sounds dumb, but those are reasons they have to think about. Like, you don't want to piss off maybe your most important player who's not a Mascara.
1: So, so as soon as he signs the extension, he's done with PK duties. But until then, they're just keeping him happy by letting him keep to take these terrible kicks. I hope that language so.
0: is in the uh, in the extension.
1: It's like, all right, all right. We really appreciate you getting your signature here. All right. All right. It's off to the league office. And they get the little confirmation email back from MLS. And he's never taking a PK ever again. He's here for five years.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, in his guys- career, he's six for eight. Uh, on penalties, according to That's FB Ref, thing.
0: I was gonna say I think he only missed one last year and one this year. But what isn't being reflected there are the number of close calls and like bad in general. Like,
2: those I don't two know, were like, counting last night.
3: Uh, I think so because it, it has two for this season. One, mm, okay. one made, one
2: missed. Oh, carry That's on, so, Kevin. Sorry,
0: sounds right. No, I just it's like if somebody guesses something correct but their reasoning was all wrong like they were convinced like I don't know like I, I'm trying to think like Gabon is a country in South America at trivia night and you're like nah man I'm pretty sure it's in Africa and somehow they still get it right even though all the reasoning is wrong that's Lucho taking penalties like I'm sure his numbers are great but uh, I don't like how he's getting there <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not sure those are great numbers isn't a penalty like a .77 xg and he's
0: 75 percent on it yeah but if he makes like one more he's already at like
1: 80 percent he's right in line with the average i I don't buy that number though for XG. you should score every penalty like there is no excuse (laughs) for ever missing a penalty like if the keeper saves your penalty it's because you put it in a position where it could be saved at like you didn't kick it hard enough you know there's i have no time for ever the excuse of all the keeper made a great play no you put the keeper in a position to make a great play and this one, he didn't even have to make a great fucking play. He just dove, and the ball was right there at, like, just fucking mid-level.
0: Yeah, and Lucho telegraphs it the whole way. You can tell by the way Lucho approaches the ball, he's going to the right. And it should be said that uh, Petrovich or, or whatever his name is, the goalkeeper for New England, is, like, one of the best penalty goalkeepers in the league save four last year was the league leader like he's, he is good at that so you, you got to be you are, on your there game there is no
1: such thing as a goalkeeper that is good at saving penalties <laughs> there are only goalkeepers that happen to be in the right position when people take shitty penalties against them if you take a good penalty it's never being saved all right, I'll concede the point. It <laughs> <laughs> just you know, bothers me when people say that. Where it's like, oh, he's a great penalty stopper. It's like, no, if you take a decent penalty, you should be able to score 100% of the time. Don't have a good argument against it. A good one can be
2: saved. A really good one cannot. Yeah. I think you could. I've seen ones get hit hard right at the post and get saved. And your point is they could have kicked it better and scored yeah, that'll. If you put it in the right place, they're they're unsavable. That is true. But you know who else could take a penalty if he was around? Well, they made a movie about him. It's Brenner. They made a movie about him choosing between playing in New England and perusing Italian Yelp on his couch. It was called Sophie's Choice. It was a tough one, but he made his choice. They also made one other movie. We can talk about this. They made a movie. I almost deleted it, but I just want to talk about him. They made a movie about the pancake dump Vasquez took after another subpar performance. It's called Seven Pounds. (laughs) (laughs) I've never weighed my shit, but that feels like... A big one. Do we win that game a, if twenty twenty two Vasquez shows up, Chief? What do you think? It's, I'm just thinking yes. how many. Fl- I'm
1: thinking how many flushes seven pounds would take to get down. <laughs> you're, it's in a trough. You're, you're watching the water fill up with a little bit of nervousness. I think on that one, <laughs> it's reaching the cheeks, baby. <laughs> um. Yeah, it would be nice if any kind of Vasquez showed up. I mean, what he had the one turn and fire. Um, that was pretty good. At,
2: that was nice.
1: It it was nice, but it also this was in um Nintendo Power about this <laughs> and other um offense from FCC playing on console ruins the game. FCC players blame aim assist for repeated shots directly at the keeper. <laughs> That's good.
2: <laughs> the Santos one didn't bother me as much as I know you commented on. it. At least he like blasted that one. Um, I know it was right at him, but, you know, I don't think there was much. I don't think it was an overthink and then hitting at the keeper. I think it was just like a reflex and hit at the keeper. Vasquez, like, uh, besides that quick shot he took, there's a lot of thinking and a lot of uh, poor. hold yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. Going The on. quick
1: shot, he just turns and fires. I forgive that because his back was to goal a split second before shooting it. And the fact that he put it on frame was pretty cool. Santos, though, he's five yards away. If that. <laughs> And he has a time to wind up and shoot with an empty with just an entire net in front of him. And he kicks it in the one spot that you just can't do to score. I don't know. That was that one bothered me a lot where I was just audibly distraught watching the game. Like, come on, how many how many shots this year have we taken where they've just been blasted directly at the keeper? Shoot elsewhere. I'd rather you miss over the bar trying to do something than just kick directly at the keeper constantly. Vasquez is
2: like, hey man, I've been missing over the bar a lot. Give me some credit here. <laughs> I've been sailing True them. story. And it was like the first three weeks, and we're like, those are gonna start going in. And i are like, all right, come on. <laughs> I can't remember any other moments from him, like danger moments besides that shot. Am I am I am I missing something? Am I not getting I mean, not everything's you're a striker. You there's other reasons that you don't get the ball, but like Santos again seemed much more dangerous than Vasquez did. It's it's okay. Vasquez has
3: until June to score again. And then as long as he scores from June to the rest of the season, people are going to forget that he didn't score the first half
1: of the season at all. Yeah, yeah but i want right, them to I
2: want scoring scoring for now. wins too yeah i want to win yeah
1: i want goals now this one goal yeah. per game two one. It, it's kind of it kind of blows i don't know like kevin you're smarter about soccer than i am you too grayson what the fuck are we doing on offense it's just not working i just i can't put my finger on what the problem is but like it's the through balls aren't going through um when they do go through the shot selection is terrible I just can't figure out what the game plan is, but whatever it is, it's clearly not working to produce goals right now.
0: I think the problem is we're being outnumbered in attack. So at best, you're getting Acosta and one striker breaking, and Acosta will lay up that ball perfectly for you know either Vasco's or Santos, and they have a really exciting moment. And the second they face pressure. There is nothing like Barial and Gattis are way behind Acosta hangs back and the other strikers running to the other side of the box typically. So it just leaves whoever has the ball on an island around the 18 yard box and it's just there's nothing connecting there. I think You see, our attacks are much more dangerous down the left, which is why Santos is getting, I think, a little more action because Bariel is there. But like Ray Gaddis isn't Bariel, and he's just not offering the same support, the same width, the same questions being asked of the defense. And I think that's what Arias was supposed to be. And my guess is, is that they either Powell isn't offering enough defensively. Or doesn't offer enough offensively to to make that trade. But I think it, part of it is, too, they want Gaddis to protect Haglin Because Haglin is okay, but he's not Mosquera, who is behind Bariel. So it gives Bariel way more freedom. If Gaddis leaves Haglin on an island, we're dead. And that's essentially what happens with New England's goal. It's Gaddis who gets beat, but it's the same idea. That right side of the defense is weak as shit. And... Other than that, I guess you're waiting for Woboda or Moreno to provide offensive support, and that they're just not going to do that. So, yeah, I, I really think it comes down to your outside fullbacks need to be more committed in attack, and just Gattis isn't that guy right now. But
3: I would like to see the center backs trying to just play long a yeah. little more often. Um, just It just feels like a different kind of look. I feel like it's we've been pretty predictable in how we're going to attack, except for on counterattacks. And then when teams just kind of pack into the box, our crosses just end up on a defender's head instead of... And we don't seem to have a way to play through. Or like Brenner early in the season looked like he would be dangerous from you know maybe taking some shots outside the box, which would um, maybe open up the, the box a little bit because defenders would have to come out on him. But that's, yeah. not, that's obviously not there, and nobody else is really a threat because if Barreal is shooting from outside the box, he's probably cutting in, and it, that means he's on his right foot, and it's yeah. not... It's not going to not that dangerous
1: And to your point, right. Kevin, you just see a shitload of op- of times where the ball goes into mm-hmm. the box and it's one guy mobbed by three defenders. And there's just nothing. They, they have to turn it back and retreat because there's no support. There's no one making a run that they can offload to going forward. So I don't know how many at least three or four times last night where attacks just died because the ball got to the box and there was already three defenders back and there was no one else that was able to take the ball or do something with it.
0: Yeah, I think, so Grayson, to your point, I do think there's probably some value in having a plan C, let's call it, or plan B, where like the center backs just need to lob it to Vasquez and they just need to practice that. And Vasquez needs to be able to bring it down and lay it off for Lucho and then something happens from there. But they're so focused on playing through Lucho that you don't have that opportunity to go up and over the top, uh, which I think would be useful. I also think, and maybe there's an opportunity. You bench Hagland and you go back to a 4-4-2, whether that's with Gaddis or not, and then just put someone like Kubo in midfield and give him sort of a free floating role to join in the attack and, and give you another uh, leg that can fire from outside of the box and somebody else who can sort of jam up the midfield there, but... I don't know if you want to put that much defensive responsibility on Gattis, and it probably pins Bariel back a little further. But I don't know. Just just thinking out loud here. I had not really processed it before Chief's question. But you were reading the
2: script, I could tell. Also, yeah. (laughs) And
0: over to you, Jonah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I tweeted or just said it in the second half. Like, how many times did we have more than one pass in? Did we connect a pass? Let's say across midfield. Like center backs don't count. We couldn't keep. As far as off, we couldn't keep the ball doing basic stuff last night. And uh, I'm sure the weather was not helping anything. But New England did not have the same amount of issues as we did. We just could not. Even when Kubo came in, we hmm. couldn't connect a single ball. We couldn't keep the ball at all. Even just trying to see out the game, like we couldn't do it. And then we still could have won at the end of the game. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> how stupid the whole game was in general. But uh, uh, Jonas, yeah, no, to, to your
0: point. Uh, Passes in the opposition half. New England, 205. FC Cincinnati, 116. That's not good. We (laughs) were about even on own half passes as well. So there's a give or take 100 extra passes New England had other than us. And they are exclusively in our half of the field.
2: too probably they probably played a little better than us. Yeah, as your <laughs> point about the center backs, like Grayson said doing more long balls. Oh, you know, I just I I complained about it almost every week, but the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back to Celantano, who then we could complain about him a little bit, sends a ball forward. That's not better. You're just <laughs> no, further away. You get further away, and then like so instead of take the chance when you're kind of on the front foot and launch it forward, instead you're like, nah And we were losing the ball anyway, so it's like he had nothing to lose. So The other thing, too, is that when they do it, it's so slow that it's the
1: back and forth, back and forth, and then it's slowly back to Celentano, where his only play is to boot it long and we lose possession because we might be the worst team in MLS at actually winning the header off a 50-50 ball. Moreno and
0: Acosta are so short. I feel like we're just never going to do that
1: well. But you watch New England do it. And when they would do the occasional back pass, it was with pace. They were kicking it with pace back to the keeper where they can do a quick reset versus this has been telegraphed for the last three passes. Everybody knows what we're about to do. And to Jonah's point, um, (coughs) again, put a pin in it. This was another awful game for Celentano's distribution. Um, In the first half, he almost uh, conceded a goal with a whiffed uh, clearance. He put the ball out of bounds multiple times where it was just, we're just directly conceding possession, not even a chance to win a second ball or anything like that. There has been a definite regression in Celentano's distribution since the start of the year.
0: Which is insane because he was... He almost looks worse now than he did at some points in last year, which is wild because the first couple of games, I was the first one to jump up and down and say, hey, they fixed the problem. Look at that. I I think he trained overseas in the offseason or at least had more time with Paul Rogers. I was like, man, they finally worked out those kinks. And uh, yeah, no, they did not. And again, what what, uh, Jonah's talking about there is I trust Matt Miazga taking a long ball shot downfield way more than Celentano. So, why are we even letting him do that at that point? It's it's not great. It's not a good situation there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Glad, glad he got the, the national team call-ups when he did because I don't know that I would call him up this summer if I was not Greg Berhalter or not Anthony Hudson or whoever we're having this happen with. So, I don't know. His,
2: his weak foot is quite weak. I, mean, I think two of the ones that went out of bounds were with, like, they pinged it back to his weaker foot mm. and it was just like me kicking with my left foot and went <laughs> straight out of bounds <laughs> so i mean that's a reason for it but you got to be able to be a little bit uh ambidextrous is it ambidextrous with its feet too or such as it hands it's a good question yeah, Grayson, i know, you know. No. <laughs> i don't know i feel like it maybe it is ambidextrous not amb- i'm not Turner. an
0: ambidextrous
3: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. i think i think they call it uh
3: being by
1: no that's (laughs) no that's it (laughs) must be orlando must have trouble signing keepers then (laughs) it's
0: it's not a hostile or it's not a a very inviting work environment i'll say
2: (laughs) bipedal isn't that what uh homo I think it's just sapiens are yeah <laughs>
0: first
2: <laughs> isn't that what homos do <laughs> <laughs> try to
0: leave homo. a little gap
2: there sapiens the first are there, bipedals
0: are there <laughs> any pedals out there i don't know
2: only bipedals <clears throat> i only got one more but mine's gonna be like the very end so if anyone else has any headlines oh, i'd love to hear uh, them before i, can I let tell you guys it. talk I, I, shop
3: I found one. This was in the New York Post. It was about, you know, how I thought New England was going to steal a win. Um, it was a, looking for high XG spot kick in wet conditions. Rev's <laughs> players repeatedly go
2: down in box.
0: It's very
2: very generous um, of them. <laughs> I'm sure Chief reminds me of that PFT tweet. What was it? I call him Clit Dempsey because you always find him at the top of the and at the top of the box. it he'll always be Clit Dempsey to me. <laughs> How about you, Chief? Uh, you got anything else for, before I you guys? We'll just, turn run, we'll, just, we'll just run through him since Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to. Yeah,
1: how about this, we're more jet ski people. FCC backline explains inability to stay with boat ang for entire match. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I'm glad
3: it didn't include the the boating one that I found.
1: <laughs> oh God! How many boatangs are there in soccer? Because I feel like there's at least four or five of them. And this was not the good one. And he was still always fucking open in this game and had tons of space.
2: Yeah. I don't know, I'm rooting for LA against us. The, the Zlatan game. He's been kicking around with, just following Bruce around now. I guess.
0: I uh, it's one of those names that you give your kid just to give him a better chance going pro. I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do people do that, like overseas or elsewhere, just like name their kid after a famous yeah. soccer player, or just change their last name to try and confuse transfer market or something like that? Well, isn't, uh, that, why,
3: <laughs> isn't that why Zico Bailey is named Zico?
1: has
0: to be there's another uh trezeguet who's made it fairly far in uh european soccer named after another famous trezeguet
1: i feel bad by the about the person who's named ronaldo coming up and gets arrested at the airport by las vegas police (laughs)
0: well cristiano ronaldo famously named after ronald reagan if you did not know that his parents were really into uh, America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. You can look that up. <laughs> and Messi is named after uh, Lionel Richie. So, two two of the best had uh, pretty odd namesakes. <laughs> it's funny. He,
1: the debate Messi versus Ronaldo is an interesting debate. Lionel Richie versus Ronald Reagan is also an interesting debate just for completely different reasons. <laughs> that's a that's
0: a good uh, Joey on the Street segment. Ronald
1: Reagan, <laughs> Ronald Reagan or, or Lionel, Lionel Richie? It's like, well, how am I supposed to compare these two?
2: Oh. Clayton or Clay Aiken? anyone no go away clayton? now we're anyone? talking <laughs> clayton or chi chi or che che who, who do you got guys
1: <laughs> we really which, should bu- do. which bullshit
2: signing would you guys pick first clayton or or, or cha-cha uh, i'll go with pity uh, oh, Pity. yeah
1: oh. Pity. this
0: is a yeah. good one uh we like really a should scotch. have a weekly, uh, wh- how is Clayton doing? segment on the
2: uh, website. He's, he's now in the 12th <laughs> tier. He's like in that Brazilian league where they like decapitated the ref after the game. Gonna he's be, like, in
1: <laughs> gonna be here any day now. Oh, Not he plays the assistant down.
3: coach on uh, uh, Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Clayton, <he? laughs> yeah,
2: Clayton. <laughs> I miss Clayton. We know Clayton. All right,
1: guys. Clayton. Um, <laughs> all
2: right uh, oh, chief, you got one another tier. one.
1: Yeah, no, other one here too. This was in um fieldofschemes.com. Use tax increment <laughs> financing to get a new one. You can't have ours. Jeff Burning offers advice on replacement after New England's arena looks aging and decrepit on national television. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know shit. what I like about Bruce Arena? I love the fact that like most coaches lose their shit on the sidelines when a penalty isn't awarded or something goes against the team. Bruce looks the same, no matter what, like he's got that doc rivers thing going. He's fantastic. You can never tell if it's could be raining, could be a blizzard. His team could be up. It could be down. And Bruce just looks exactly the same at all points in time.
2: uh... Did they add corner seats to Gillette? Is that what that was? That a new because I know it had a big opening and the opening looked smaller. Is that why that corner was not filled? Is that like it, a being built right now?
0: That looked, yeah, like a new section because it, it was like a two by fours were up where like, I guess, seats or railings were supposed to be for part of it. It was a weird look.
2: It was one of the worst gaps in uh, a stadium similar to the Audi field.
0: Oh, yeah, that one's bad.
2: Um, My wife was like, don't they need to be able to drive like ambulances? And I was like. Are they the only stadium that needs <laughs> to bring like three tractor trailer wide <laughs> in like for the time? Um, it's, it's
0: for the monster truck shows. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I never really bought the whole like FCC is a young fan base argument because I'm I'm a big believer in people can watch soccer before they get an MLS team. But I saw at least one comment on Reddit that referred to uh, uh, Bruce Arena as New England's coach. And it made me think, wow, there's there's probably a whole generation of FCC fans that like don't know who Bruce Arena is and and what he means to American soccer and MLS. And I I bought it at that moment. It's like, damn, some
2: of us don't know. It's still hard to believe he's like kind of a good coach. It yeah. just doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Like, I still don't believe he's like actually like doing anything. But somehow. I also don't believe
1: he's gone from U.S. soccer. Like whenever there's a vacancy with the men's national team, I just assume at some point Bruce Arena will be back to coach the team again.
0: They literally set the all time points record two seasons ago, sold all of their good players to Europe, and are now two years later back on top of the supporter shield standing with a whole new crop of players being scouted by Europe. I mean, there's a solid argument that he's the best American soccer coach of all time. And, like, yes, Jesse Marsh has held higher profile stations for seven months at a time, but, uh, Hey, I would go ahead and agree with that argument. Bruce, that
3: Bruce has won trophies at three MLS teams.
0: And was like a college legend, I want to say, like it dominated the college ranks before MLS even existed and did well with the national team in 2002. Still the, the benchmark for how modern teams are judged. Flamed out twice since then, but... Uh. By, by the way... Um, his that supporter shield rev
3: season, they had like a plus eight goal differential for the whole season. Yeah. The where they set the MLS points record, they were winning every game that they won. They were winning it by one goal.
0: It, I I've said that before. Like our Chiefs season nightmare. this year looks exactly like their season. <laughs> the whole time you're like, yeah, but they're not that good. Like LAFC's got more firepower and Atlanta's more exciting. But it's just like they kept winning. <laughs>
2: Our offense is about to turn it on. That's all I know. <laughs> also, he's starting that. What's that center back's name? Who's a little pudgy out there? I'm like, man, this guy's playing the same uh, position as Mascara. They're like two different <laughs> species. Andrew, out Andrew there. Oh yeah, Farrell I respect Farrell it for a long I love, time. Love that he's hauling ass out there and doesn't look like he's in shape. But I guess it's just his difference. body type.
1: <laughs> the big difference between New England and FC Cincinnati, though, is that it does feel like they're home stadium environment playing on turf in just empty venues it's just a different like that type of soccer other than chicago really you don't get a lot of that environment in mls where you have to go there and there's just nothing it's 10 percent full last night it was rainy the conditions look like crap um it's just a different way to have to play and a different way to have to win when you go there or when you actually play on the revolution, it's just not the same as it is anywhere else.
2: They got yeah. video ad boards in front of the benches. It's a whole weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so strange. You don't see that. Uh, this uh, is my
1: last headline. I did see this in, in, uh, in Broadwayworld.com about the, uh, just the fan base in new England we've got the fans right here named after Paul Revere New England Flaps players acknowledge all the guys and dolls of the midnight riders who cheered through the rain wow I still like that
0: they have the musket guys though I'm glad that that, that tradition hasn't died
2: it's got nothing on a sword and a rock my man <laughs> Who is it? WCPO's Bill McGee. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. It's like the weekend
0: sports desk guy. Not exactly. Uh, two chains,
2: but, you know, we'll do... A, might as well have had Brad do it, you know, at that point. Right. Um, uh, all right, Pete. Brad. This is my last one, and then could I make an announcement for all the listeners after my, absolutely. my the last My Absolutely. The floor is yours. Uh, this one actually was in the Hollywood Reporter. <clears throat> Too hot for earthly TV. First Jerry Springer episode in heaven sees Opie fist fighting fellow band FC fan Dave Flexner. <laughs> 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 It's and like it when they bring the clan out and just like fist fight, you know. That's Opie F- fighting Flexner. Dave uh, Flexner's like,
1: I need to know who's wearing that mascot costume before I can continue. <laughs>
2: it's, a, it's a Clayton Bigsby thing on there. Um, <clears throat> that leads uh, to my ann- announcement. Um, I, you know, I don't want to speak out of school, but sometimes you just got to put it out there so the world knows what's happening. Ope Fest 2023, folks, oh, a festival. Whoa revolving around ope i won't reveal the date because well we're not totally sure about it but ope fest 2023 <laughs> is happening so you're like what is ope fest what does that mean i don't understand once again just like the mascot you kind of do you think you know and you do this will be an actual thing this isn't like the webn what was it the parade they used to do was oh, yeah. it the, what was it called was it the well, was it was the april fool's Haunted parade House was it the fool's is, parade Ooh, maybe Chief, you should know about this. They would do no. a parade every year. And I guess in the beginning, people actually believed it. They're like commentating, like they're seeing all these things going on the street. No, Oak is like, real. Okay. The, the only thing I can
1: remember is that back in the day, Bill Cunningham uh, faked an entire event where he was going to take a bus full of homeless people away from downtown and up to Butler County. It's the Bill Cunningham's <laughs> homeless rodeo roundup. And to, just, to give you an idea of just how simultaneously long ago and not long ago this was. Um, Charlie Lucan was the mayor and they actually got the mayor of Cincinnati to play along with a joke about forcibly relocating homeless people on a bus from downtown Cincinnati up north to Butler Cafe. Jesus.
2: That's somebody's platform now though. So well, it was once one, right. one man's trash is another man's treasure. It was the fool's day parade, by the way, WBN. Uh, but no, Fest is a real thing. Bill Cunningham may or may not be there. I, I don't want to make any promises. I can't keep Um, but <laughs> if you have anything you want to see at Ope Fest, if you have anything you're excited about it, the possibility of existing, no, Opie will be there. That's the one thing I can promise you. Alcohol and Opie. So if Alcohol, that doesn't you want your to, beef, you have to buy. You have to buy.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, I didn't say it, it was free. So if people want to show up, <laughs> the the alcohol is mainly just to ensure Opie shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's in his writer. Now that he's, now that he's been banned from the stadium, he needs something to help him get through the day.
2: Yeah. And, uh, loose cigarettes, beer. That's what Opie, it's like the Pied Piper for him. That's so how you, that's had, how you
1: get, It's what you put out, uh, a pack of unfiltered smokes of Lucky's and like a six pack of domestic beer. And that's when Opie comes to visit your house.
2: It's, it's like telling in the night. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, also, Grayson, I we I have to find a way to do that idea about the Coney 2012 guy who lost his mind on the street corner with his clothes <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Opie just has to have enough orange out that you could pixelate the middle while he's like <laughs> gesticulating <laughs> and going crazy and having a conversation with no one. OP's, and then he has his sit down interview edited the sit down interview with oprah like were you on drugs like no just a... oh he speaks now <laughs> i hope he speaks now <laughs> just had a psychotic break uh yeah so you my final five is, yeah, is all right so sorry oh, i mean I, I i hope i didn't wow. let too many cats out of the bag there but i had i had to get that out in the world because now that it's out there it has to happen so ope fest it, 2023 it something to look forward to this summer folks
3: we also got to get opie a uh wheelchair and oxygen tank
2: now so so he
0: can change his identity and flee to england
2: (laughs) next time he's got a gray beard
3: my name is oprah knight
0: <laughs> I'm just a father. <laughs> I bet we could get a lower league team to buy him as their actual mascot. That doesn't seem impossible.
3: <laughs> we should have him masquerade as, rec- if, if Wrexham comes to TQL sometime. <laughs> we should have Opie masquerade and just pretend he's been like,
2: a, just pretend like he's the Wrexham
3: mascot.
0: Yes, he's wearing a Wrexham shirt.
2: <laughs> League's Cup, he's supporting... Uh... All the Mexican teams, because he's after he's been banned, he's going to be supporting all of the Liga MX teams. So like he was a, deported from TQL Stadium. They're yeah. yeah, just like a
1: comically and possibly racially insensitive mustache. Little sombrero. you can't, you can't do that. That's cultural appropriation, ob Damn it.
3: He needs a sombrero that's not big enough to cover.
0: Yes. the bald spot <laughs> yeah. the bald spot's still visible
2: <laughs> hey you don't know who's under that head so it's not appropriation yet until someone pulls it off <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe maybe you're not alright talk oh, about the game we're talking about you, you guys talk about whatever you want All right,
0: yeah. we'll, we'll dive in
2: <laughs> alright I'll hang up and listen have a good one
0: All right, and we're back. And yeah, thank you to Jonah for dropping the news. Who who knew that we were getting a scoop on this podcast, huh, Chief? You looking forward to
1: Oak Fest? I w- would I can't say enough about how much I'm looking forward to finding out what Oakfest is.
0: <laughs> Personally. I can't wait to figure out when Ope Fest is. <laughs> it's
1: like, folks, Ope Fest is happening. We just don't know the date, the location, or what's happening, but there will be an Ope Fest of some sort.
0: It does feel like how Blink is always announced. It's like, Blink's happening. Okay, great. When? Where? You'll know. In a couple of years. Where? When the lights turn Everywhere. on, Everywhere. will know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Isn't Blink really what happens inside of you when you... Look maybe, at art. <laughs> maybe the real
1: Ope Fest was the somewhat poorly received mascots we developed along the way.
0: <laughs> I do like the idea of Ope Fest happening just close enough to FCC something that they get very offended about it and we get to hear about it again that'll be that'll be mission accomplished there what I think. do you mean we <laughs> i mean whoever may be putting together an oak fest the <laughs> no, I mean, unknown
1: <laughs> my, i mean having to hear about it there's I mean, one I mean, person that has to I, hear about it <laughs> i'm
3: not i'm not gonna hear about it
0: <laughs> i like the uh. game of telephone we play and uh they, it sure sounds like a fun time yeah <laughs> oh god so is there anything else we want to touch on with this game? I think one thing that stood out too that should probably be mentioned here. Uh Mosquera did really injure uh who's that
1: uh He, did not, he didn't he no? did he did not injure him. No, he didn't injure I, him. It was it was He a, did a clean a...
3: tackle. I know they tried to make something out of out of Muscara's uh boot you know going in the air but like yeah one the to the extent it touched him, it was very light, and it was also not on the leg that he seems to have hurt.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Um, okay. what
3: happened was he was disrupted by the clean again tackle, and then got bitten by the turf monster.
0: gotcha okay yeah i was I was convinced by the boot in the air. Tapping the uh, the back of his leg might have done enough to displace a, a something or another. But
1: I thought that they said that it was that his cleat caught in the turf on the landing because he had to mm. like avoid Mascara's tackle, which was a fine. It, if he would have connected with the tackle, which he didn't, you, there's a different situation here. But he jumped to avoid the tackler. And just that's a – the players have said it. The coaches have said it. Everyone's said it. Turf shouldn't be a part of professional soccer. It just shouldn't. Turf probably shouldn't be a part of any sport, period, at this point. But there is no excuse in 2023 for a professional soccer league to allow games to be played on artificial surfaces. I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know how much more plainly it can be said. And it's holding this league back, frankly, that there are multiple games people have to play. On turf, there are there are major international stars that will not play on turf <laughs> flat out. Um, I don't think Zlatan played on turf when he was here, if I remember correctly. He played at Nippert, but he played never right, kind we'll of walk walk around. He kinda walked around. He kind of walked around. Yeah. Jogged a
0: little. Yeah. Terry Henry was the famous one who, like, for two years, just straight up never played on turf. <laughs> and then,
3: um, you know, you've how many guys got to get hurt in Atlanta?
0: Oh, God.
3: You know? and these are like big players and atlanta is a big team and And they all say
1: the same thing they all say it's the turf the players all say it's the turf it's the turf there isn't a well but i'm sorry at a certain point you know these are subject matter experts in their own field they play this game they know their own bodies they train and you can put whatever bullshit science and studies that they want to put on there about the health and safety if health and safety of players is a priority they need to end playing games on turf immediately
0: i am curious when it'll become a cba talking point that the players don't hold firm on getting rid of turf or forcing the league to come up with an exit strategy to turn well not something.
3: sooner than like 2028
0: yeah right no but i mean at some point something's got to change i don't know um well that's good I, i'm glad i could take mascaras. I don't know. Injuring that guy off of my conscious. Then I, I was I was worried about that. I didn't it, uh, see he like visited him in the hospital after the game. Something yeah, like So kn-
3: they know each other. They're both
1: Colombian. Ah, yeah. OK. Yeah, they personally acquainted. It was a yep. weird game. Just everything about this game was weird. I know yeah. turf games are usually weird with the way the ball bounces, but just there was no flow to this game at all fc cincinnati couldn't we couldn't connect passes to save our lives in the midfield the attacks were disjointed but they created chances and i I said it in the group chat i said it on the post discord when i was re-watching this game prepping for the podcast but it's a weird it was a weird game where you could finish that first half and you could say they were simultaneously lucky to be tied and unlucky not to be up two or three goals because they created really good chances that they couldn't put away, and they gave up really good scoring chances that they seemed that they were lucky to push aside. So, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this game. I don't know what the takeaway is from this.
3: The only... The one thing I want to underscore is I am of the opinion that the ref really, really didn't want to award Lucho the penalty because he felt like he might have gotten the first one wrong, and then Mm -hmm. Lucho had given up his opportunity. And the only way, well, I'm not sure I could be moved from that opinion. But first of all, if that is what happened, and I think it's what happened, that's match fixing. There's no, like, that's, that's match fixing. You're deciding on purpose not to make the correct call which would give you know the recipient and I call a very good chance of winning the game um, for reasons totally extraneous to the play that you're calling yeah but I do think that they need a full explanation and we're not going to get it and I'm, I don't I'm not even saying like that's unique to this game like in situations like that they should release the full explanation, and I want to see the, I want to see the conversation yeah. that he had between, uh, that he had with the the video assistant referee.
1: Because the the problem with that whole situation is, and I agree with your take. By the way, I agree that it was a thousand percent that he did not want to give a second penalty because he had already awarded FC Cincinnati the penalty. They had missed their chance, and they weren't going to get a second one. That. And whether that's because it was, well, you had your chance or in that moment in a 1-1 game that was tight, the referee decided, I don't want to be the person that decides this game, knowing that a PK right here probably decides the game, which is bullshit. It's max. a thousand percent match fixing, if that's the case. Um, Because he's not, the rules have stopped applying and now it is one man in the middle deciding His interpretation of of how the game should the outcome of the game should be right, and he's deciding the game whether he calls it or not. Yes, yeah, I mean it's accurate. the 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 problem I have with this is that what we have heard repeatedly from the league, from league mouthpieces, and on broadcasts is that when VAR calls down, the only time VAR calls down. Is when the people who are watching the game at the game center believe the official has made a mistake, which is why the instances and in the uh, the instances of VAR happening and then no change in call being made like we had last night are so unbelievably rare yet yeah. in this one, he was told flat out, "You made a mistake. We believe you have made a mistake and he still stuck with his call on the field for reasons
0: what's wild is if you go back and watch it he calls a penalty he calls a penalty at first he points to the spot and then he waves off his own call and then it goes to var and then it's no no penalty it's the strangest sequence i have ever seen because it did really feel like he was calling it in the moment and then something happened he yeah had had that thought of the other penalty or i don't know if you want to get real conspiratorial uh conspiratorial with it but like somebody told him he's gotta not call that penalty i don't know what the situation was or like
1: do you do you ever want to be in a situation where they would never admit to this but he overhears someone say something on the field like lucho say something, oh got that one drawn
0: yeah or it got you that time or something right 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 you have to wonder i imagine and i've heard at least i I keep saying at least one ref because it sounds like i might have more i've heard one ref uh say that most refs keep a sort of like mental possession arrow throughout the game because there are certainly going to be times where you just there's going to be a, a perfect 50 50 situation, and just the nature of the game, you're not going to know exactly who that ball bounced off of. But if you sort of keep a mental, this team gets this one, this team gets that one back and forth, you're fine. I don't think you can do that with (laughs) clear and obvious penalty shouts. Like That's just not how this game is going to work. I I understand if it's for a throw-in or a goal kick or something. That makes a little more sense, but. Yeah, that that was really bad. And you got to wonder too, like at what point is the integrity of the game? And again, like if the betting market was larger here, would people want to know more about that decision more about that conversation? Because yeah, there, there could be something pretty incriminating in that conversation, depending on how it went.
1: So the weird part about this to me is I did this thing last year. I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but I spent way, I got way too deep in the weeds on this. We were like in that run of games where we just couldn't buy a call. <laughs> yeah. But the decision to award a penalty or not award a penalty is a singular event in sports. There is no peer to it or corollary to it in other sports because of how low your average soccer game is in terms of scoring. So, like, in this game, you take this game right here that they played just now, it was a 1-1 draw, another goal in this game represents a 50% increase in scoring based on one call, if he calls a penalty right there. Like, to put that in perspective, it would be like in the NBA, if an official could call a foul and the free throw was worth 50 points. Right. In a 100, 100 point game or in the NFL, if there was a penalty an official could call that was a 24 point penalty. So like there is no no other sport has a type of call that can be made that is so consequential. Like you think about what like the death penalty call of an NFL game is. It's like a 99 yard pass interference penalty. The right. worst they can do is award you 99 yards. They can't award you points. And even still, it's like, OK, it's like they punched it in from the one. That's seven points in a game where statistically probably 50 points are going to be scored. 48 points is what the average NFL game is. Given all that, if you're going to have VAR, and that's just sort of like the big thing here, and I'm eventually reaching a point because I can see the look on Grayson's face. Um, If you're going to have VAR, at what point do you consider just taking that decision out of the center referee's hands? That you admit that that this is too big of a responsibility and it it impacts the game too much to let one person have the final say-so as to what that is. I I
0: don't hate the idea. I mean... You need some sort of, yeah, like Terry saying, like a referee committee that is overseeing all penalty decisions or and probably the more likely outcome is you just need to rework how penalties work. Either you take the shot from the spot of the foul or you do the old NASL run up penalty, something needs to be tweaked there maybe even moving the spot back I I don't know if anybody's talked about that but cut the difference between where the spot is now and where the 18 yard box is and and give keepers a much higher percent chance I don't know but I I, something needs to change because yeah chief to your point on that those other sports you know the NBA doesn't have a 50 point foul shot if they introduced one I bet you flopping increases in the NBA. <laughs> I bet you I bet you the NFL has a sudden run of uh of absolute dives going on. Um yeah, like it just it it is such an advantage to get one called that you have entire players building their playstyle around doing weird things in the box to be tripped up or or to fall over and it yeah, it, the, it alters the game. The
3: the thing is like if the standard is clear and obvious, and if it's really clear and obvious, it shouldn't matter if the center ref or the video assistant ref determines whether to overturn the play. Right. Right. And the only reason it matters or, or people think it matters is because we know the standard is, is fictitious. It's fictitious. It's, all, it's bullshit.
1: Right. And the, Which begs the question, too, to that idea, if the standard is clear and obvious error and the VAR buzzes in and says, we believe clear and obvious error has occurred. Why is the center referee's opinion of, no, I don't think so. I think I'm right. Why do we listen to him then at that point?
3: Well, if you re- if you recognize the standard is fictitious, then taking it out of the center referee's hands at mm-hmm. least removes the. Well, I don't want to admit I made a mistake, right. reluctance to overturn your own call. Right, right.
0: And it should probably also be said not that I was dying to have this penalty taken back, but it was pretty clear and obvious that that handball happened
1: outside of the box, and
0: I don't know why that wasn't called back.:
1: I, I don't I don't think that was clear and obvious, because like it's it's another we talked about this earlier as well, this idea that there are not enough officials on a soccer match. Like that, if you look at other sports, the ratio of players to officials on the field, soccer is far and away the lowest in terms of like the responsibilities an official has. Having said that, if you watch the replay of that handball that led to the first PK, the match official, whatever his name is, he could not have been in a better position to see where the ball was. He was literally on the 18 yard box line looking down at like it's the line of scrimmage in a football game. So I don't know that there is anyone, when you get into the idea of angles and lens distortion and shit like that, there is no one. I I believe this genuinely. I don't believe there's anyone that had a better view of the situation than he did right there. The problem is, is that that isn't always going to be the case. And it clearly wasn't the case. If you look at where his positioning was on the foul on Lucho, that he decided, no, I made the right call. That wasn't a penalty right there. But in that one case, yeah, I believe where he's talking back and forth with VAR and they're saying uh, it's kind of hard to tell in the replay. I saw it right here. I was looking right down the line. I saw where the ball was.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it goes back to that standard, too. Right. Like, is it reasonable to say he could have gotten it wrong? I guess because if it's a clear and obvious mistake, then it has to be a mistake on the ref. But if it's I understand how you've made that mistake. And it's not clear and obvious. I don't know. I don't know.
3: I should have. I should probably looked this up. And maybe I should already know the answer. The like motto of the
1: post, I think I should probably look this up. But. <laughs> but
3: where does the ball have to be for a handball? For the ball to be considered in the box. I know that with goal lines and out of bounds, it has to be like all the way across. But I don't think I've ever seen a free kick taken from like right on the penalty box line.
0: That's a good point. Is the ball, if the ball is touching any of the paint or is in the plane of the paint, is that in the box or does it have to be
2: all the way past? Yeah, all the way
0: past. That's interesting. I Hopefully there's, I mean, I doubt a single referee listens to this. I don't know. I would listen to us if I was a referee. But if there is one out there, I'm curious what maybe you've been instructed to. Or maybe they just assume you'll never get that granular of a of a view of a ball and you just kind of go with what you see there and
1: before before somebody chirps me yes i recognize that my argument that the referee had a great view down the line if we're going to the holy triumvirate reviewing these games at some replay facility that probably isn't a penalty in that situation because there was no good angle of where that ball was where yeah. um the penalty was taken so yes i'm aware sometimes you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet and i think that I think that the less influence that one center referee can have over a game, the better. Because it wasn't just this, too. I Ooh, mean, wait. The, according we an to. We looked it
0: up.
3: According to a quick Google search. <laughs> I, should, I should probably ask ChatGPT, GPT. But,
0: <laughs> but according to this. Um, the line.
3: Is part of the penalty area.
0: Ah, so then if it's on the line, it's necessarily in the penalty area.
1: Ah, uh, It says here, I asked, I asked chat GPT. <laughs> Good. Okay. I asked, does the entire ball have to be in the 18 yard box for a handball to be a penalty? No, the entire ball does not have to be in the 18 yard box to be a handball. There we go.
0: Oh, all right. Well that's easy enough. It didn't cite any wait, to be
1: a handball or to be a penalty. Penalty. Well, I should probably it's (laughs) chat GPT is literal. Just the entire to be a penalty if a handball occurs. No, the entire ball does not have to be in the 18 yard box for a handball to result in a penalty kick. Okay. According to the laws of the game, if a player deliberately handles the ball with their arm or hand inside their own penalty area, a penalty kick is awarded to the opposing team. It does not matter if the ball was fully inside the penalty area or partially outside of it, as long as the offense occurred in the penalty area. Okay. There we go. That makes it a that makes it a much tougher call. Yeah, that's fair. According to... ChatGPT. Yeah. Okay. Should should ChatGPT just officiate (laughs) all these matches? I
0: was going to say, do we think ChatGPT influenced the Lucho penalty in any way, shape, or form?
1: (laughs) He's like having someone read ChatGPT to him over his little earpiece.
0: (laughs) All right, Chat, so this is what happens. So Lucho's (laughs) running to the right.
1: (laughs) And all you hear in the background is, I'm sorry, I didn't get that.
0: (laughs) My limitations as a blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, (laughs) No, it was a... uh, I mean... I thought it was it like you said it was a weird game. I think it was a good MLS game. It was very back and forth. It was it was open as as open as a game like that could be. The conditions probably made it worse. Uh but I will say I am very much looking forward to New England coming to Cincinnati at this point if we can uh uh, assuming we can replace Brenner just fine. I don't know exactly when they show up on the schedule, but I think that is setting up to be a heck of a game on grass in front of our field or in front of our fans. Like, I'll take that. That sounds like a good game.
1: The the problem I have with this game, just to sort of be realistic about it, is so I, I watched it twice. I watched it in the moment, and then I watched it again, watching it back, trying to write headlines that aren't funny. <laughs> um, I mean, find headlines, not write them. Other people write headlines. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggle when I watch this game to think of anything we did particularly well. The back line I thought was pretty good, but they gave up a lot of space. They did a lot of bailout defending, which I think is, you know, possibly your job as the back line, just don't let goals in. (laughs) But there was a lot of space that they were given up. I don't think the midfield did particularly well stringing passes together, keeping possession. Um, advancing the ball in the dangerous areas. I thought the strikers were just uniformly poor, all of them. I didn't think Santos had a particularly good game. I don't think Vasquez had a particularly good game. I don't think Celentano had a good game. I thought his distribution was pretty bad. He had to make a couple of saves, but nothing that was particularly crazy or that you wouldn't expect any standard MLS keeper to make. So it's like I come out of this game, and yeah, on one hand, you feel good about a road point, But on the other hand, it's like, boy, there wasn't a lot of that you walked away from this game thinking, hell, yeah, you know, this is a team that's going places. It's they held their own. They got the point, but it was an ugly ass way to get that point. Am I I being overly critical, Kevin?
0: I don't I don't think so. I mean, it's one of those things, too, where. In the abstract, if you tell me FCC goes on the road to the S.H.I.E.L.D. leading team and gets a hard-fought point, I would take it. (laughs) <laughs>
1: except like that, we're that's also sh- we're also shield leading that's the other thing i left thing. that <laughs> out of the abstract yeah.
0: <laughs> i left out the fact that we are chock full of attacking talent or on paper is supposed to be one of the most free-flowing attacking teams yeah we didn't get to see any of that no no that that is frustrating that is annoying um i thought santos was okay it's i,
1: I don't i can't get over I, him I, shooting that ball directly yeah. at the keeper it's like you got to do better man Like, you've got to do better with that. (laughs) I
0: don't know what to make of this. Uh, Only four subs. Two of those subs coming at the 90th minute mark. Pal comes in at the 84th minute. And Kubo, the only, I'll say, proper sub there at the 70th minute mark thereabouts. Do we not trust the depth? Was this... A, you guys didn't play in the Open Cup, therefore you should be good to go. Like I don't, I don't know what to make of that. That there isn't a like a another gear to switch to by by swapping a whole bunch of guys out and changing the looks. I don't know. I I find that very weird.
1: It felt like they were just for the last fifteen minutes of that game, just looking to hang on and see out a one-one result. It felt like, and I don't know that yeah. there's a lot of players on that bench other than Kubo. That you trust coming into a big game like that with i don't know I, I had a tough time getting a read on new england too i didn't think they looked great either to be honest with you and yeah. you know i i find the weather arguments overblown you're a professional professionals have to play in weather but allegedly according to people that this was tough weather to play in sure i'll take the word of people that actually do this for a living it was raining yeah. get better at your job if rain bothers you but um but i mean Yeah, in that kind of a situation, do you really want Marco Angulo seeing a game off like that right now? I mean, probably not. (laughs) Probably not.
0: I guess this is more me just wanting Ordonez and Angulo to be better (laughs) because that's about all we had on the bench who didn't already come in. I guess maybe you see Baji up there earlier, take out Vasquez earlier, but
1: it ain't working for Vasquez any better. It ain't working for Vasquez right now. That's a.
0: And that is a concern.
1: Yeah. That is, especially, a, especially, yeah. if is only, it, especially if Brenner is only, especially if Brenner is only going to be a fifteen minute, twenty minute guy at the end of games. That means you're asking Brandon Vasquez to, to start carrying some weight on this team. And I mean, yeah, I know you we were talking earlier about the New England that won the Supporters Shield with only an eight goal differential. But man, does it not feel like one goal a game is sustainable for this team? And they have had a lot of games this year where they have only managed to score one goal or fewer in the case of that Orlando game that was a 0-0 draw a nil-nil draw
0: yeah it it is a concern it's i mean honestly vasquez's performance is getting to the point where you have to wonder if it's not impacting the transfer plans of fcc and and whoever else may have been interested in him because if i was i don't know a lower table bundesliga side looking at vasquez i'm i'm knocking a couple million bucks off my asking price i'm i'm looking at other options that might be out there i mean hell you'd be looking at what santos is up to like i don't know what yeah it's just a bummer and i mean we say all this and he'll score a goal next week and it'll be fine i guess but um it just doesn't look right. It, it He had, I, I had to look it up here. Uh, he only had the one shot. That was his one and only shot on the game. And that's just, that's either a failure of game planning or on him or both. And it's just, it's not good. And it's not sustainable if he's going to be the guy we want him to be. Um, Looking ahead, I have this for you. Uh, You want to talk about a fun nightmare scenario. So you reach five yellow cards and you get suspended a game. Yes. Barial, as uh, Grayson already pointed out, is on four. Wobodo's on three. Santos is on three. We play Columbus in one, two MLS games. Not unreasonable to think that all three of those guys couldn't find their way to being suspended for the Columbus crew match. Oh, God. Don't say that. (laughs) I don't need that.
1: I don't need that in my life.
0: (laughs) What I'm saying is these guys got to go out, get a whole bunch of yellow cards against DC, and then... I don't know. I'll take get the, double yellows and then take the take the lumps against Montreal. They're not well, a very if, good
1: team. <laughs> if you listen to Pat's Brennan's comments post game that I think we were talking about earlier, it wasn't just the penalty he was frustrated with. It was the mm-hmm. like there were a few car, uh, cards given to FC Cincinnati that I thought were soft cards. Uh, the one that really was uh, egregious to me was the Alvaro Barial card. Yes, the when he's running down the sidelines and runs through the man with the ball clear foul absolutely a foul foul from here to next tuesday but that's also a call that a doesn't get made to our benefit a whole lot um i can think of numerous instances where somebody's just been flattened uh on our side in that same situation and b it's it's not a card it's a, it's a common foul. You're giving up a dangerous free kick. The pe- and it wasn't like Alvaro had committed three and four fouls leading up to that. It was really early in the game. And it was just there was a couple instances of that last night that are contributing directly to this issue that you're talking about, where now we've got some guys that are in card accumulation issues. Yeah.
0: Mosquera, thank God, only with two and managed to escape last night without one, uh, which I think is something of a minor miracle there. Um Grayson, is there uh, anything else we want to touch on? I guess before we look, I don't know, bigger picture, uh, table wise, or anything.
3: Kim, Kimi Ordones with another brace for the FCC <laughs> two.
1: <the> t- <laughs> Has he, the man
0: found his level? I think he's leading. I think he's
1: leading uh, MLS next pro in goals right now. This is a deep cut for anyone that's followed the Cincinnati Reds for a while. He is the Brandon Larson of FC Cincinnati players, where. 30 home run guy at AAA, can't hit 200 in the big leagues.
0: It was uh, Corky Miller was kind of that guy for a long time, too. It's like the fan favorite who would make a couple of appearances a year.
1: Corky Miller has his number retired at Slugger Field. Like That's either <laughs> an incredible honor or a horrendous insult to retire a AAA ball player's number. Hey, it reminds
3: man. me of a uh, uh, Bull Durham hound. Crash Davis doesn't want to be reminded that he's about to set the minor league home run record because it means
0: he's like, what is he pushing 40 and he's (laughs) spent his entire
3: career in the in the minors. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Those guys are just playing for their one plate appearance so that they get a lifetime health insurance or whatever it is. So
1: get your cup of coffee and get on moving.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, looking at the table here, FCC. Still tied with New England. How about that goal difference didn't even move? That's that's a successful weekend. G-
1: generally how ties work, but you know.
0: <laughs> the uh, the Supporters' Shield standing still has Seattle, St. Louis, and Los Angeles right behind us. New England, of course, ahead of us. Uh, in sixth spot, though, Atlanta United, who did just lose, by the way. And behind them, Nashville. So it is a western conference heavy top side of the uh the supporter shield but the eastern conference makes up a good number of the uh uh, the upper middle part of that i don't know how else to phrase that and um yeah i don't know we're about 30 percent of the way through the year and i think a uh an upper echelon of the league has formed and I'm happy to see FCC is right in the thick of it with them. Uh, the only blemish on their resume is that absurd result against St. Louis. But otherwise, everything is, is running smoothly as far as the overall objectives, objectives are concerned. Um, we
1: get DC so, United coming in. Yeah. There's no great team in the East right now. Like if that, if that, that, that New England team. <laughs> We're it. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that New England team, that's not a great team. No, they're playing good. They're playing good soccer right now, but that team does, just watching them, unless there were five or six other guys that didn't play due to squad rotation, which I don't think is the case, that team does not look like a team that's going to go run away and hide with the Eastern Conference at all.
0: Yeah. What is it? Uh, Bo didn't start. I don't know what his situation has been. He came in the last couple, like last 20 minutes or so. He he was their stud D.P. Uh, in their supporter shield winning season, um, we saw Bobby Wood, so you know, things probably weren't going well for F-C-
1: him. <laughs> w- uh, could have been FCC legend Bobby Wood.
0: Uh, just think he would have been worse than Lacadia, and boy, it makes you think what, what we could have missed out on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, uh, yeah, I don't know, Grayson. Any final thoughts on this one?
3: Um, I think the only great team probably LEFC.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As, or serious. <laughs> Cuz remember, L- well LEFC is what 3 off from us in the supporter shield standings and has played two fewer games. Yeah. I
0: don't like to think of it that way. <laughs> but yes. That is uh that is the case. They've only played so, 8
1: games. So. so I guess the what we pivot our attention to now is it's Brenner watch for this week. Is Brenner training with the full team? What level of participation is Brenner? And will Brenner play this weekend? Because the team desperately needs the offensive firepower that he provides. And as we, I think we've said on here in the past, it's, it's really hard to win in this league if only two of your three DP spots are contributing.
3: I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. I think... Brenner's probably not going to travel to away games because, you know, he realizes his days in Cincinnati are numbered and he wants to spend as much time in the city as he can before he before he moves on because he loves it.
0: He, he's got to visit uh, so a couple much. more museums. Yeah, he, he right. wanted to make sure he got the full cultural experience. And nice. There's still,
1: still a few breweries up in the uh, northern part of the suburbs he hasn't visited yet. <laughs> Going to go to a Florence Freedom game, you know, check that off the bucket list as well.
0: (laughs) I really like that idea of like tourist Brenner is just trying to get as much Cincinnati in as possible before
1: he leaves. It turns out Brenner loves Cincinnati style chili, and he's made it a goal to hit every single chili parlor in the city. And he's got like four or five left to go to
0: we did that in college we had a uh, tasting notes for all of the chili parlors and we we took whole groups of people to all of the different parlors each week and had everybody fill out forms we tracked it all on a spreadsheet and um
1: do you remember For, I wanted to, I wanted to do with uh, Joseph Mamey like almost like the uh, the Dave Portnoy one bite pizza reviews one bite coney reviews at each one of these places I I think it's still on the table I don't think anyone else has done that yet Have like Mamey and Opie just standing there and Opie doesn't say anything while he eats the coney and gives his review <laughs> I also wanted to do a coney of the week based on team we were playing which I still think that idea has legs somewhere
0: we did talk about that there were some really really good ideas too yeah damn all right we gotta we gotta workshop that a little bit
1: right can make this happen be delicious (laughs) or die of heart failure trying
0: i was just thinking for either kansas city or st louis it would be instead of a hot dog a rib (laughs) <laughs> with the bone still in and around the <laughs> bun just with chili in, on just top. a rib right
1: there like a bone <laughs> die of choking there was at least one i think that where the hot dog had been replaced by a chicken tender i think maybe nashville that makes sense. so it was like a hot tender inside the bun topped with cincinnati style chili
0: uh san jose <laughs> might have been some version of sushi with chili on it
1: (laughs) right because it was going to be the seattle one but there's actually a seattle style hot dogs and i forget what that was i think there's cream cheese on a seattle style hot dog which also sounds delicious you're almost making a skyline dip on top of the hot dog and i'm here for every single part of that no that makes sense (laughs) there was a bad one for new york i think it was like an italian style like it was a <laughs> Although I was just introduced on my last trip to New York, but to the concept of the chopped cheese, so I think there's a there there. That's a that's a
3: that's a cheeseburger. A chopped cheese is just a cheeseburger. They just cut it
1: up. No, yeah. what well, was delicious? Um,
0: so we do that with the hot dog. We do yeah, a so chopped dog. A chopped dog. Ooh, a chopped <laughs> dog.
1: You know where they have good hot dogs
3: is? Uh, I want. I'm going to say Scandinavian countries, but I'm going to also
1: include Iceland. Uh, what even it, though it's what, not what, Scandinavian. What, what goes into an Icelandic hot dog? I couldn't tell you. Okay. What like, do they put? <laughs> reindeer. <it on> top? <laughs> reindeer.
0: <laughs> they
3: just put a, a bunch of crap on it. It tastes pretty good. Yeah.
0: A reindeer sausage was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. So I'm I still I can believe I'm, that. I'm still food salty. In, food in
3: Iceland sucks. <laughs> yeah, but for I'm still the mo- salty, for the I didn't part. do that.
1: I'm still salty. I didn't do that $99 ticket that they were doing. The wow air back when that was a thing. <laughs> yes. That should have have just been an impulse buy. Like, yeah, I'll go to Iceland for two days. Why not? (laughs) Hell was I thinking.
0: Until that volcano erupts and you're you're grounded for a month or whatever that was. There's there's worse places to be. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Well, hey, I think that's a postcast, gentlemen. I was a a well- well-earned postcast i think it was sloppy at times but when you look back on it you take an hour and a half worth of content so
1: podcasting on turf just is it's just not the same
0: (laughs) dislocate a thumb trying to (laughs) click end call
1: (laughs) (laughs) ah well fuck columbus
0: All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan. Somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.